This is Where the Asian's At, a podcast dedicated to introducing artists of Asian descent. I'm your host, RJ Bagus, and in today's episode, we talk to a dear friend and artist, Brian Dublin of San Jose, California. We talk about his music, his struggles of being LGBTQ, and overall representation of Asians in the media. Hope you guys enjoy, and we'll look into his song, Late Night Love, which is available on all streaming platforms. Where are you from? What's your uh, what's your musical background? And like, what's your favorite like type of music to play? Sure. Um, so my name is Brian Dublin. I was born and raised in San Jose, California. Um, I uh, grew up learning. I took piano lessons when I was a kid. Um, I played flute in elementary school, and now I have no idea how to play the flute. <laughs> but um, uh, in high school, I learned ukulele. Ukulele turned into guitar, and piano's always been there. Um, but um, as far as me as an artist, I'm uh, I consider myself an acoustic acoustic R&B singer. Um, I like I like my slow jams. <laughs> and I like my ballads. So uh, yeah, that's my thing. Okay. And then, um, what are you currently working on right now? Are you working on re- releasing an EP or any songs? So uh, I re- I dropped my first single in January. Um, I was hoping to drop my sing- my second single. Not too long after that, but as you know, there's a little thing called Rona. Who, uh, <laughs> It changed everything. Um, it's been made it made it made it a little tough to uh, work with my producer, uh, just being you know being able to do that safely with COVID and stuff. Um, and so um, I am working. I have a whole bunch of songs that I've written over the years that I want to put out, and um, just trying to figure out a way to go back into the studio to do that uh, is kind of what where I'm at right now. Um, I, I eventually want to put a, enough singles out so that it can be like an EP or like a project or an album, but um, that's all kind of in the works. I definitely have enough music for it. I just have to kind of figure out the production side of things. Um, but yeah, I think right now lately, because because of COVID, I've just been focusing more on like things like this, like uh, doing interviews or um, doing live streams online. Like I have I have a gig on Friday. Uh, I have I st- I do open mics online. I still host like live events like just through virtually. So, um, and and have found other ways to kind of put my music out there. But in terms of that. Uh, yeah, that's like the big thing I'm trying to figure out right now is just how to how to navigate COVID and, and figure out how to get my music out there. Okay. Have you always imagined of doing the old school route of finding like a record label to sign you or have you always chosen to be independent or are you trying to do a little hybrid method of it? Oh, um, yeah, I always like the, I've always, I guess, resonated with just like the independent route, especially because I, um, I also, I'm a graphic designer. I went to school I have jobs in marketing and I do social media I, I can do all of like the marketing stuff on my own I eventually like, would want to build my own team but I think I think it just depends like I mean I, at the end of the day I really just doing music so that I can put my music out there and tell my stories um and 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 if a if a label comes around that can help me do that on a large scale all that that's great like if, if it allows me to tell my truth um and, and it allows allows me to be the platform that I need it to be um then for sure um but I've always kind of resonated more with just the independent rap because I had that freedom of not having to worry about jumping through hoops or maybe there's a contract and I have to abide by certain things like I never want to be in that position like I don't do music to do that I do it because of the stories that I want to tell and the the, 
the message I want to put out there. And so um, that always comes first. Uh, but yeah, again, if like if <laughs> if I were to have a media label and they like all they want to do is help me um, get my music out there in, on a large scale, like I totally go for that. But that's that's like the main thing. Why did you get into music? Oh, well, um, I grew up around um, a lot of music growing up. So my dad plays piano and guitar. And so I was always kind of exposed to that. Um, and then, you know, if you're Filipino, uh, you have karaoke. That was my mom. <laughs> uh, so we always sing karaoke, you know, at parties. And always, you know, uh, they always get the kids to sing and, and do their stuff. And so uh, it was just always something that I really enjoyed and really liked. Um, but I didn't really take it seriously until high school. Who are your musical inspirations? Uh, so definitely number one is Jeremy Passion. Um, when I was in high school, or actually in middle school, early high school, I, um, I came across his music and um, I was just really inspired to see another Filipino American in the Bay Area who was putting out original music, who was doing really cool covers. Um, and at that point I hadn't really, I wasn't, didn't really consider myself a singer. I, was, I just played instruments. Um, and um, yeah, I was just really inspired by what he was doing. I wanted to do what he was doing. And so I did it. <laughs> How do you feel about Asians and like the music industry? It's, um, it's getting more exciting to, to see more representation. Obviously, representation is so important. Um, you know, getting to see artists thrive um, in a way that, you know, you see yourself. Um, I want to see it more. Um, it's definitely not where obviously we'd like to i mean at, at least in american media um i want to see more representation especially in the filipino um side of things like there's not really much filipino representation in the media um we have a lot of artists who are part filipino like uh you know vanessa hudgens and batista uh rob schneider they're all like half filipino but we don't have like full filipinos up in in mm -hmm. mainstream media i'd love to see that and just just more um more things like you know we're we're starting to take things to take things in a in a good direction like you know movies like uh crazy rich asians started a whole thing of you know getting to see a little bit more representation but um it's uh it's getting there uh but i, I want to see it continue to grow and continue to evolve okay and uh why do you think it's been it's taking us so long to kind of break into the entertainment industry oh man um i guess there's there's a lot of definitely a lot of factors um I guess it's just there, there's there's it's it's hard because a lot of it's very um, the industry has been very at least in the in the U.S. has been dominated very by, by like a white and like non POC um, artists and you know that's kind of just been the norm for a while and it's I guess it's also been hard to kind of like test the market for how our stories would would uh, resonate and. Um, we've struggled with like being able to prove, prove ourselves that like we can do well in a large market in the U.S. And so, um, I mean, that's probably just like one of the many layers why, you know, there's, there's probably a little discrimination here and there. Or there's probably a lot of different factors of why um, maybe certain companies wouldn't, would favor um, non-Asian or non-POC stories or roles or artists over, um, you know, POCs. So, um, yeah, I, I mean, there's there's probably a whole bunch of things, but uh, it's it's just I think the big thing is just uh, we're we're just still getting used to um, seeing those. I'm 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 getting flustered. I don't even. There's like there's probably so many reasons, but like 
um yeah I, I can't even I can't even begin to fathom like why but I mean I, I'm, all I can say is I hope that um that changes and that we get to see more of it and when did you like decide that you wanted to go full into like making music and making a career out of music um honestly I think it was in high school I uh when I was trying to figure out what I wanted to go to college for I was like well I really want to do this music thing um and the only reason why I ended up going to school for graphic design in college is because I knew that I wanted to do music I knew I wanted to be a recording artist but I also knew that um I needed something stable to support me um in the meantime while I was trying to figure out the whole music thing out and but I, I also want, still wanted my day job to be something that I really loved and enjoyed. And so um, that's why I, I work as a graphic designer and a photographer during the day now. Uh, and then at night, I pick up my guitar and cry into my lyrics. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. Um, were there any struggles of you, like any external struggles? Like, were your, was your family supportive? Were your friends supportive? Were you reaching any point where, like, you felt like you weren't even, like, trying, like, like doing music was was a more of a difficulty than a passion um well thankfully i grew up like my like i said earlier like my dad was a graphic designer and he oh, actually i didn't say that earlier but i grew up i grew up with a lot of music around the house of my dad so he plays guitar and, and stuff like that and my dad was also in bands when he was uh, my age and so um i had that going for me so like the whole typical like following your dad's footsteps thing was kind of cool because i was already doing music um, and then I just, I kind of accidentally followed in his graphic design path too. Um, but they've always been supportive, but I would say um, that was never really the issue of whether they supported my music. The issue was um, my sexuality. Uh, my, when I, when I, uh, all of the music that I want to put out has been about my journey with my sexuality and, and, and like all of the experiences I've had in my love life and coming to terms with with um with being gay and so um I couldn't put out that music until it came out to my family and that wasn't until last year and so for that's why I have all these songs pent up that I have ready to just make now because over like literally the past decade I've written songs about all of the things I've gone through um in that time and have never been able to really put them out there like on a large scale until now because now that I've come out to my family I can really live that truth um and so that was like the biggest hurdle, like knowing that I had these songs that I wanted to put out there, knowing that I had these albums that I wanted to do, this music that I wanted to record, um, but I couldn't do that until I had to make this big, huge life decision to tell my family about, you know, my the secret I hold it, held for a long time. Um, that was a huge struggle. Uh, literally, like, I would have to, when I would do shows, I would have to be very vague with my pronouns when I talked about the songs. Um, there's some songs I couldn't sing at all unless I was specifically booked for like an LGBTQ um, gig where I felt like safe there was no one there that I you know would would that would that didn't know about me. Um, and so yeah that was like a time where I, I couldn't really fully fully share my music. I could I could share like the 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 basic message but now that you know I can it's like it's it's so different um, but I would say that was the biggest hurdle is uh not fully being able to share my music until I did that that's great I, I like that just to get out of the way what are your pronouns uh my pronouns are he and his okay I almost said he I almost said he and she I was like wait no that's not right <laughs> is there anything you want to tell other Asian Americans Asians to like 
if we want to join in the music industry and the entertainment industry? Do it because you love it. Do it because it inspires you. Um, and always make sure you're doing it for the right reasons, you know, especially because, again, there's the whole subject of representation and, and stuff like that. Like, we want artists out there representing us and representing a community who are really in it for the art and really in it for the love of the, and the passion of it. Um, because that's what's going to help us really prove ourselves as a community and and be able to like reach into like you know the mainstream you know don't get caught up in like the like spoils of like trying to just do music or being an artist or like being famous and stuff like that like it should stand for something more and and because I think if you do it for, for that those reasons but if you do it for the right reasons um, you can make a really big impact and it can it can cause other future Asian American artists to also do the same thing you were actually probably like one of the first like like asian youtubers actually met in person ever oh my gosh yeah when's when did i it's been a long time right like yeah it's been like i met you you with like jinky and morel in them right yeah so it was back when like i was in middle school i think 2010 we had that Mm -hmm. uh we had that um uh, that red cross like fundraiser for people in the philippines and you were you Rodell and I think Gino were like, Gino. yeah, mm-hmm. we were like the three that, that would be kind I think of- I was wearing like that blue jacket. I remember there's <laughs> pictures from that night. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it, it's been a long time. Like it's, is it weird seeing me like now that I'm like older? <laughs> I I was like, man, look at this dude. I, Cause I, I was like, I remember you, but it's like, because it's been so long, I like, obviously you look different now. So it's like, I, you, you look familiar, but also not familiar. But then I know, I know who you are, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Late Night Love by Brian Dublin. Let's get back to the interview where Brian and I talk about Asian representation in American media. Your inspiration, Jeremy Passion, in the first episode, mm-hmm. along with like, yes. Kim Chantarasu, Jeff Burnett, and Jonathan Park, uh, Dumbfounded. Mm-hmm. And I'll, the, I'll dive into that too because, like, I'm still getting used to Tim being Chim Dandarongsi. <laughs> yeah. It was like, oh, too many again. Oh, that's dope. But I, but I love that he did that, though. I, yeah. Like, when, when he announced that, I was like, that's dope. I love that. <laughs> like, one of the books I'm reading um, for research for this is, like, 
Grace Wang's um, song, uh, soundtracks of Asian America. I found it in like their very first YouTuber they talk is David Choi. And then she goes into like a full list of all the people here, like in the early 2000s. And I was like, oh, everyone's in here. Like, and they even put Tim's real name. Tim Dantrong too, yeah. Yeah, and I was like, wow. Like, and this, this book came out like 2015, so two years ago mm-hmm. or five years ago. So like, it's crazy it's how- crazy. How everyone's kind of like, oh, I'm like, like all the Asian people, all the Asian YouTubers I know, like they were either outright saying they're, they're one thing or they're saying like, I'm not going to say anything because I'm just going to like, I want you to accept me first before I tell you mm-hmm. who I am. Mm-hmm. And that was the same Yeah, thing. all of those, all of those YouTubers are like the generation of YouTubers that inspired me to do what I'm doing now. Like, that's, that's what's crazy. Like, you know, like I, like their impact is in me. Like I am doing it because I, when I was in high school, I was like, going to all the shows at colleges where the youtubers would sing like i was jeremy passion's number one fan like <laughs> but like it really opened up my eyes i'm like wow it's been like they've been in the game for so long and yet they're not getting the notoriety that they deserve mm-hmm. and that's why like i wanted i wanted to do this podcast is kind of bring attention to it mm-hmm. because like in my research i found that like in a so all the artists all the pop artists in america 1.6 1.06% of those are Asian American born. And compared to 1.75% of them being foreign born Asian. So I'm like, is it because we have be, have fallen into the model minority? Mm-hmm. And like, are we just not looked at as like sex appeal, as sellable, or like not mm-hmm. sellable, but, but like marketable or something. And then Yeah, it's the whole marketing thing. And it's like the big the big companies that our monopolies or the companies that are the studios and all of those entertainment industries like heads music like the heads of those companies like they're all um i don't know how to say it like they 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 don't they just don't know those stories so it's like they're not going to get behind it because they don't know they don't think it's marketable yeah um i think that's that's why like when the movies do come out like especially like like i i was super upset about what happened with mulan because like that could have been our Asian Black Panther. And that could have been the Disney movie that proved to Disney or whatever, all the big companies that, oh, we should do more Asian movies. We should do more movies that are representative of that. But yeah. it flopped. And now that like makes it look like we can't do Asian movies. And that's frustrating, you know? Which is why I said earlier, again, like about like giving advice to other Asian American artists and why I said, if you're gonna do it, do it because you love it and you're really passionate about it. Because of that reason, like, if you're going to make a big splash, it has to be the right splash because that's so important for us to actually break out and get the representation that we need because anytime we do find ourselves on that stage where we're actually on a wide-scale mainstream level sh- representing the Asian community, yeah. like there's so much scrutiny and if it goes if it does if it does well or if it doesn't go well, that dictates whether or not the next project is considered um yeah so that's what sucks like that's what's 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 frustrating it's like if crazy rich asians didn't do as well as it did you know there's a whole bunch of other movies like that wouldn't have happened you know and like henry golding wouldn't have had the fucking 10 movies that he did after yeah, yeah. Like, he had like 17 like, movies after that and i'm like wow. literally like there's there's more that i that he did that i'm just finding out now yeah and like that also brings up the whole idea of like Jackie Chan, the reason why, like, he came out recently on Next Shark and saying, like, oh, the reasons why I don't, I don't choose some, I, like, stepped away from the, from the spotlight a long time ago and was doing more films in China was because they kept giving me, oh, janitor, kung fu master, 
and all that other stuff, like the stereotypical roles. And he's like, the, the only role that he did recently was the foreigner. And the foreigner, yep. he was just basically a, a, a terror, like almost a terrorist, but also like a driven terrorist where you have to like, you understand the reason why he like is mad. Mm-hmm. And the same thing with, um, with uh, John Cho's most recent one where, where he's trying to find his daughter. Mm-hmm. Like, Which is based in San Jose. <laughs> yeah. And it was crazy. Like I, I watched the movie. And I was like, wow, this is like the crazy amount of like stuff that would happen to an, to an Asian family because like, just because they're Asian, like no one thinks that, that thinks that we matter. And especially mm-hmm. now during COVID with, with the spike of xenophobia, like we have to look out for our own. That's why I, like, I'm probably going to do a whole episode on China, on China Mac, just cause like the dude's super thug, but like when it came down to it, he was like, I have to represent my, my culture now because mm-hmm. I have to protect my people because who else will do it? The cops aren't going to do it. The regular white guys aren't going to do it. It has to be me. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it's similar to like a lot of other Asian American stories where like you have to be the change that you want to see. Yep. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the reasons why like I want to do it because like this topic came up to me is because even in my own program, the music industry studies program, you don't see that many Asians. Mm-hmm. Like right now I can count five. Mm-hmm. That's it. Which is scary. You, five, you count them on your hand. <laughs> yeah, I can count them on my hand. And one, that's one of the reasons. You know what? It's funny you bring up the Jackie Chan thing because I remember, I remember he was like on one of the late night talk shows, and it was kind of a joke. But I can see now that it's prob- really like founded in like his actual truth. But he he would complain. He was like, "Why can't they just cast me for like a romantic comedy? Like, why can't I be like a love interest? Like, yeah. <laughs> they always want me to do like you know all these things." And so I was like, "Man, that must be frustrating." Like maybe because like after all these years, he's done hundreds and hundreds of kung fu films. Like. Of course he wants to branch out and do more different things, you know, yeah. but they've typecasted him in a way. And I can see how, why he would turn to um, doing more stuff in China because they, would, they wouldn't they would just typecast him as like an Asian character. He'd just be an Asian actor doing whatever roles they need him to do, you know. Or um, in that market, he'd just be an actor. It wouldn't exactly. matter if he was Asian or not. He's just an actor. Right. And like, that's one of the things that like, that some people critique Crazy Rich Asians about is because like, here in America, it did really well, but in China, it flopped because, like, mm. basically, you could you could recast the whole cast as white as white people, and it'd be the same story. That's true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think it's it's some and even Simu Lu, like, who's who's gonna? I hope that his movie will be our. Yes. Author. I totally agree. Because he was also on on JK News recently, where he was talking about, yeah, like I was on taking the tv series and like me as an asian person who has like a background in stunts like they didn't have me do any action stuff they had me behind the computer mm. and i was like that's one of the reasons why we have to like push ourselves and that is a fine man he needs to be in a leading role <laughs> <laughs> he like i love his character in in, in uh kim's convenience yes i like okay like, so when i found when he was cast it, for it, that it, i was like i need to watch one. that show because i want to get to know his work and then I like binged all of the seasons in quarantine. Like, <laughs> yeah. I love how like at in one of the episodes he like he's hanging out with him and kimchi, and then he just like and a girl, and like he just takes off his shirt, and I'm like, what are you doing? Like, <laughs> my mind, I'm like, I, I guess this fan is service. Fan service, service. Yeah, obviously. Like, <laughs> is is this better for us or is this worse for us? Like, true. That yeah, that's, what, that's that's another thing too. It's like you don't want it, you don't want to like like you know there's the whole idea of like okay we want our our asian males to be seen as 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 uh, sexual beings not just you know 
emasculate you know nerds but then also you don't want them to just be that it's like a, yeah it's you, it's it's a tough thing yeah you want the three-dimensional characters there's no such thing as two-dimensional people mm-hmm. oh my gosh that's why that's why i've been um obsessed with uh do you know what bls are bls no bls are so it's it's a genre called boys love and oh so and, the, the yeah <laughs> kind of yeah so so um in the philippines there's been like a surge of bl shows that have come out like and they're like it's like i've been obsessed with them because it's like exactly the representation i've been looking for like the stories like really hit close to home like um and a lot of them are interesting because they also deal with um characters who are in covid and in in quarantine so you know you get like coming out stories and then you get like love stories like while in covid and then um you get a lot of stories about like just things that i've never seen represented in in, with gay characters being the leads um and like that's one of the that's one of the things i've been really inspired by lately it's just shows like that because like it's i we you can't you will never find shows like that in america right now and so it's cool to see not only two male leads in a show but they're also filipino and they're also gay and they're leading the story and like i love that i want to see more of that and that's why i've been like super obsessed with those shows right now but i hope to see more of that like in america because we're just seeing it in like the countries where obviously we're we're just actors there we're not asian actors you know so yeah um yeah and like hearing your hearing that just reminds me of like all the tv shows that we've had recently for asians like fresh of the boat is like the city on the hill but even the city on the hill had its problems mm-hmm. like i know with um i can't remember her name now the the, the mom mm-hmm. like she was getting she was in the news like everyone was bashing her because like constance woo yeah because like she was she was in crazy situations she really killed it on that and then like everyone was hating on her because like oh she was mad that like it got it got removed for another season you can't be mad because like she's given like she's gotten everything out of this out of this story she's looking for newer stuff because granted randall park's been in the game long too like like randall park his his first show was probably wild and out as the mm-hmm. house station before tim Tonderansu. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and then he he was also on a bunch of wong fu stuff too a bunch of wong fu stuff yeah mm-hmm. and like the fact that like that show went as long as it did is is a great feat but then when you look at other shows like the dr ken's show and like sullivan and son mm-hmm. they didn't they were they weren't short-lived and mm-hmm. we're wondering like is it because we're asian is it because we're, we're not funny or is it because like you guys just don't care about our stories mm-hmm. like if you do you know what sullivan and son is i haven't I, i'm not familiar so Sullivan and Son is a show that was on TBS for a short, for like three seasons. It was produced by Vince Vaughn. It up, it, like it's blatantly not even Asian, like in the name, but it talks about a guy um, who is, who is Hapa. He's half white, half Asian. Mm-hmm. Parent, he's a lawyer and his parents have announced that like, Hey, we're going to close the, we're going to close the family bar down. And the, the son kind of heartbroken and kind of like, I have to help quits his job um, as a lawyer and starts running the bar. And it really laid into a lot of the a lot of the stereotypes, but at the same time, if you lay into the stereotypes, you take the power away, away from it being offensive, and you're making it more your thing. Grounded in reality, uh-huh. make it more grounded in reality, because like some stereotypes, there's always a, there's always a, a thin line of truth in it. Mm-hmm. A and, lot of them are. Yeah, and like even even the the actor, he didn't even the, the guy who played the main character, he doesn't he doesn't look Asian until you get really up close. Mm-hmm. So like, 
like it was short lived. Three seasons is, is is a decent amount of time, but like mm-hmm. it still isn't fresh off the boat. So I'm wondering, yeah. like, with fresh off the boat being done, when's next? When's the next time we're gonna see an Asian comedy come up or an Asian right story come up? I think I think it's it's it, there's a lot of work that needs to be done because before a wide audience in the, in the U.S. Um, accepts and is more uh, tuned into those types of stories, we have to re re um, we have to rewire their perception of us um, because just like with gay characters, we're presented in media as always the the comic oh, relief, right? There you go, or or they're like the best friend or they're the side character, but they're never the main character with like a deeper three-dimensional story, you know? Um, And and I think that's why it's when we actually do have a really genuine Asian American story or just Asian character story, it doesn't hit because they're just like, what? Asian people are like that, you know? And so it's not as like excited or sought after because they have a preconceived notion, like in terms of a wide, wide, wide mainstream audience, like, like, not California, basically, like if you're like in the middle of the US, like they're just gonna think, oh, that there's like, they're gonna see a Filipino dude and he's like, he's Chinese. Like it's, that's that's the problem. I think they like, why it doesn't reach a, like the, in terms of mainstream, like it doesn't prove to be marketable because there's such a big um, part of the US that's not California um, that doesn't know these stories. And so when it comes out on a mainstream level, they don't watch it because they don't know what it is. Yeah. Um, so I, I think that's why it's it's our job as an Asian American artist to continue to kind of really put our truth out there so that it becomes more known so that when it does reach to a point where we are, are able to put out a mainstream level story about our community, it'll be more accepted rather than just like, what is this? I thought Asian people only do this, you know? Um, yeah. And I think that's part of the thing that we have to break down, just like the perception. And we're going through that with, with LGBTQ characters, with all kinds of POC characters. It's just since until now, which probably, I guess, goes into what I was saying earlier about how there's a lot of layers of why we're not reaching is because there's already been an established perception of who we are and audiences that don't know Asian people personally or, or any of these characters personally who only know us through the, the way that we're portrayed in, in cinema and film. And so it's hard to shift that perception easily and have it be marketable because um, you, you have to train the viewers to know what it is. Otherwise it's just like, they just don't know what it is and then they won't pay their money for it. And I think that's what we're struggling with right now. I think it's just a, the perception of us needs to change so that we can actually tell our truth and not just be the side characters. <laughs> yeah, and I think it, it also goes from the top down. It's, it's not a trickle down thing, but it's like you have to change the top to change the bottom. Yep, like, totally. Like agree. With, with like the black community, you have Spike Lee putting out all his films, like do the right thing because like with that, he told the story of his community and we need someone like that in our in our in our that's true it's also it's also who does it too because if you if you get the right person to say hey pay attention to this and it's someone that a wide community will resonate with they're gonna it's it's more possible that they'll take a chance with it you know like like if it's if it's someone if it's a director like spike lee or it's just another director that just really has that weight in a mainstream audience and then they're the ones who really shed a light on, on thing. That's another way we can break past that where it's like, 
you know what they're they're watching the movie not because of the story but because they they believe in that actor or that director and then all of a sudden they're being exposed to a story or a side of a certain type of character that they would never have known about so um and again that goes back into even just the behind the scenes thing of like not just artists who are in front of the camera or on the stage but like people more writers and more um more um people from our community in the in the production side of things to help influence that i think that also is is where we should we want to kind of influence so that we can get those stories out there but it's it, it's starting to happen but again it's it's such a slow burn because there's just a lot to impact i feel um especially in the u.s yeah i just did a little research and i'm like looking into it i'm like so i looked up the the director for shang chi and mm-hmm. he's asian he just doesn't have an asian last name mm-hmm. destin, like me <laughs> destin daniel Creighton. okay um he looks asian but i'm looking forward to it and then i looked up how do you feel about raya and the last dragon what's that so Is raya, that, that's one of the animated ones right yeah that's the newest like disney princess apparently she's supposed to be filipino what yeah Hmm. she's supposed to be filipino cool. they, they, they showed off the um the trailer recently um she does a lot of, like she's using she's using like a stream of sticks and she's using like a lot of uh filipino martial arts in the trailer if you're telling me i'm gonna walk into a disney movie and one of the characters is gonna say i knuckle i'm gonna lose my mind <laughs> <laughs> if that happens i will lose my mind because that it would be perfect um, I'm looking forward to it, um, but only time will tell. Cause like, yeah, like with 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 both Mulan's, like you just have every like type of type of thing going on with it. You know that that's what I I never realized until recently that uh, that was kind of problematic about the original Mulan. It was like it was kind of ambiguous what Asian she was. Like, yeah, she was in China, but there was it was like there was like Chinese things, but there was also there was like, like things. There was like the flat nose and everything. So like, we're, we're yeah. And like also a lot of the imagery in the background was like very inspirational of like Japanese culture. Exactly, yeah. So, and like, and then you have like Pocahontas, where like she's the closest thing to looking Filipino for a lot of people. Like I remember my sister; she that's her favorite. That's her favorite princess out of all the characters. It's because she looks like us. Mm -hmm. But like, but then you like, yeah. But then you learn that like, oh, the the model for for Pocahontas was Vietnamese. You have Leah, really? Salonga, yeah, and you have Leah Salonga who sings for both. Oh, who sings Reflection, and, yeah, mm-hmm. and uh, Mulan. Some like, mm-hmm. are we just getting like at this point? Like, are we just taking roles to be Asian in roles, or are we taking roles to be our own culture in roles? Yes, and it, also, <laughs> it also brings up the whole idea of like, like we're also bringing brought up for comedic comedic relief. Like it brings up like right. William Hung and and Chip Chibang. <laughs> And that type of deal. Like I talk about that in, in the pod, in the first Which episode. is great too, but it's like we we don't want to just be that. Yeah, we want we want to be three-dimensional like all the other characters. Mm-hmm. We're not we're not just one thing, we're multiple things, and that's what, what makes us mm-hmm. what makes humans complex. Yeah, that's I mean that's a that's another reason why I've been so obsessed with the these shows that I was telling you about. Like because we get we we don't only get we not only get like LGBTQ like stories, but like 
they're like the main characters and like they and then we they're also very layered characters too like they're not just funny they're not just super gay or super effeminate like there's different flavors and like you get to see a lot of that and I really appreciate that like like it's so exciting to see that like because then you don't see that ever like yeah and like and then it's also given me a chance to learn Tagalog <laughs> I need to do that I've been binging all the anime I can just because I find Ooh. it way more interesting than anything else online mm-hmm. to watch like I just finished reading Haikyuu I'm reading My Hero and I'm watching like um Black Clover and like mm-hmm. of course but like uh, you don't see like it's all all the stuff is based in Japan or some fantasy world but like you don't see anything based in like any other Asian country but like it also like yeah you just have to be the change that we want that we want to happen in the end I totally agree yeah, that's the, my favorite show right now um, of, the, of those Filipino shows is called Gaya Sa Pilikila, and it, it basically means just like the movies. Mm-hmm. And it's basically, it's like a rom-com love story kind of thing, but the whole concept of like the, the show is the, the, this, the catchphrase is called taking back our story, right? Mm-hmm. And so it's called Gaya Sa Pilikila because basically this, the whole show is about being able to see two male characters as leads go through all of the regular rom-com tropes, tropes that we've always seen in straight and hetero, hetero um, sh- uh, like storylines but mm-hmm. finally in gay characters and like it's so cute because like they will, they'll reference like popular romantic comedy like scenes in, in the Philippines and then but do it with these characters mm-hmm. and then you get to kind of see them in that light like we've never seen before and like I love that so much because it's like when have we had like a rom-com where we get to see characters who look like us and our own story like the, one of the recent episodes they were talking about how like the characters were talking about how like they didn't really get to have the prom that they wanted because they went to a catholic school and yeah. because they're gay like you can't dance with the person you like and like there was this really cute scene where they like dance together and pretend like they got the prom they never had i'm just like this is so cute like <laughs> you know like you don't it's you forget you don't realize how much you want to see those things on screen until you see it and you're like wow i wanted i didn't know i wanted this yeah um, and and that's why i've been so big on the idea of representation because i'm seeing how much it affects me like i watched that shit it's not even a sad scene but then i'll get emotional i was like i've never seen this before like that's so yeah. cool like like that's me like that's me i've been through that i've been that person and like how how inspiring that is to see like i i like i I want more of that you know to show up in in media because like just to see how powerful it is for me how powerful can it be for other people to see that more and like and how powerful can it be for me to be that artist for someone you know so yeah it's 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 so important yeah and like even going to like other other stuff like have you have you watched dead kids Mm -mm, what's that another it's a it's a filipino film also it talks about um these four guys who kind of ba- who kind of band together to kind of um take their take their their, their high school bully down a peg mm-hmm. so they attempt to kidnap him and hold him for ransom and it's yes like, everything goes uh like like a regular like a regular team movie everything goes to shit and it really um drives home the point of like who you care about why you do why you do the things you do and like it was really like me, me and my friends watched it. We found it to be a little dumb, but at the same time, it's a teen movie. Teen movies aren't going to sure. be the smartest thing, but like you also saw that like teen problems happen everywhere. Mm-hmm. And like just because like you're, you're just because you're Asian, white, or black, or Latino, like these problems still you you face them anywhere and everywhere. 
like it takes place exactly. in the Philippines and like these bullies are a thing and mm-hmm. like people find ways of like figuring them figuring themselves out even though like that may be the only option they have and like dealing with, and dealing with all this all the other stuff so like how us telling our to us telling our stories and us being able to open up and do things that, that like people don't expect us to is like what we mm-hmm. need to do i agree that i think that's what's been really fun too is because um so i like i watch a lot of um uh people who react to these shows and a lot of them aren't filipino and it's so cute to see them like be exposed to filipino culture in the same way that like we've been exposed to chinese and japanese culture like learning the food and learning some of the phrases like like seeing like um like like just like european europeans or british uh or or like someone from like florida like who's like random black dude like watching these shows and like learning like different terms in tagalog and like getting to see that i was like i'd love to see like filipino culture like hit mainstream american culture in the same way that chinese and japanese culture has hit like you know and i see it you know even when with, with our friends like growing up filipino like we always have like a lot of non-filipino friends who like will call you kuya or like you know or get used to the food and like i get so excited just to see how excited they get about the culture and like and and i think i really think like people could really like it's just fun to see people be excited about filipino culture because we don't see that you know unless you're like in the philippines and so um yeah that's another thing i'd love to see just to see that be put on the map more like and like because sometimes you'll see references of like filipinos and stuff but it's like super super obscure references and like it's something kind of low-key racist like yeah. <laughs> Like you see a superstar, you see the the one Asian guy, and he's actually a Filipino. Yeah, so um, I remember that was exciting too because he actually like speaks Tagalog and like, and then uh, do you watch do you watch Superstar a lot? I watch it like from time to time. I don't know enough about it though, but I know okay. he's Filipino. I know he wasn't crazy with Asians. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so what I love about that is that so his one of the coworkers ends up like losing his place, so he stays with the, with him and his and his mom. And so he's like super white, but then he, and then the guy, obviously the character's mom is Filipino, like, a, and then he, he'll like, he came, he came to work to me, he'll be, he'll, he, like the mom came to the store one day in one of the episodes and he goes, hi, Tita. <laughs> and I was like, this is so cute. <laughs> this is what happens, like, cause like Filipinos, like we're, we're, we're really known for being like hospitable. We're all yeah. like making sure. I was so excited to see that, like, cause like they gave him a really big, like um storyline too like of like uh like he like uh he also like was struggling with like his um his uh citizenship and like being able to keep his job and like being being scared of being deported and like all that stuff and then you know just the little things like his mom coming there and like saying just terms like saying baon or like like the that character the 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 white guy like he would like speak tagalog sometimes it's like really bad tagalog but it was just so funny to see him speak tagalog in the show which is like this is a show on nbc like what like this is awesome like this is cool i want to see more of that you know yeah and like NBC has been doing really good about like representation. Like, have you? I know it's a cop show, and cops aren't the, aren't the best right now. But like, <laughs> you look at Brooklyn Nine Nine, and they have I love Brooklyn Nine Nine. Yes, prominent gay gay officers, and it's just like great. I, I love Andre Bauer, and yeah, just like they're they're the best characters together because like no, I love that too because again, it's, it's also showing another flavor. Like you're you're not getting a, an effeminate gay like the usual effeminate 
wrist and you know lisp everything kind of gay which are also very important to represent but it's like it's also important for people to see like we're not always effeminate we're not always super showy we're just you know there's not like a quote unquote you look gay like you yeah. just can be any of that and then happen to have the interest in the same sex you know like and I love that about and it's, it's also just a really funny character he's so cold and just like yeah like it's so funny but then when he does show like little bits of being like silly like it's so rewarding <laughs> yeah I'm wondering if, if Andre Bauer actually won the um the Emmy because he was in the running for an Emmy too yeah I remember that was one of the first shows I binged in quarantine because like I had been wanting to get into it and then I just got obsessed and I just kept watching it and I watched it all the way up until the actual episodes were airing and then so I binged it and then I would started watching it week to week until I finished the season yeah so he did not win win that he um was nominated best mm-hmm. out, best outstanding uh supporting actor in a comedy series but mm-hmm. I was like why are you guys not gonna like give it to him he's like he's he's been nominated for this one two wait let's see one two three four four times you're not gonna give it to him like he's every season he opens up like his character develops higher because like and and yet he's still in his in his own world but like he has his own like level of what he shows Mm -hmm. i don't know we'll we'll see what happens because like representation is is a great thing and we're in we're in we're in an age of like where it's not necessarily like they're trying to meet quotas. They're meet, they're they're finding ways of making characters for these people, for people, mm-hmm. which is great. And I'm loving that. And I hope that it continues. We are here for that. <laughs> yeah, we are here for that. And hopefully, we'll just see we stand. More people, huh? We stand for sure. <laughs> yeah, we stand for 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 all for all the stuff that's happening. I know. What was his name? The guy from the Big Sick. He's also going to be internals. Oh yeah. Uh... Yeah, he like when he came out with that photo of him being super fucking ripped. Oh my god, <laughs> like crazy ripped. Dude. Like I was shook. I was like, yes, come come through. Like it's it's not like we we like we need repetition all across the board. And I think Netflix mm-hmm. is really doing a great job with like with um to all the boys i loved before and like all the other ones because like oh yeah, there's there's like, like a, a leading uh, actress who's Asian. Yeah, and like clearly that that uh, that role could have gone to anyone, but the right. fact gave it to gave it to Lar Lara Condor, mm-hmm. and like they also like put her culture in the whole thing, mm-hmm. made continuity a lot stronger. That's so important. Yeah, and I'm and like Netflix is like the type of company that I know is going to be able to to do more with it, and it's going to continue on. Right, because they have the means. <laughs> they have the means. They have the money. And like their their business plan's really kind of scary at the same point, but we'll see. Right, I mean that's again that's like that's the whole thing too. It's where like if you if you have a a powerhouse like Netflix to get behind a story like a good story that represents our our community, like that's another way to really put ourselves on the map. When when we get the sign off from someone who um, can actually reach a wide audience, because it's like if it's coming out on Netflix, people are gonna be like, "Ooh, what's this?" You know. Um, yeah. It's just hard because, like, I remember there's it's hard to reach uh, American audience because I remember when I saw even when I saw like the Crazy Rich Asian poster, mm-hmm. you look at it and it still looks like it's an ad for like a foreign film, you know, and 
and it's it's like it is what it is but then it's like how do you get it to have that american appeal you know because that's what we want you know we want it to appeal to americans not just people from the country that we came from you know like and so i think that's also part of it it's like it's it's tough to how do you how do you how do you make sure that it actually reaches the audience that we want it to reach yeah but it's also the balancing act of like how do you have mass appeal and still have your culture shine right and then also you don't because you also don't want it to like um be watered down you don't want to like whitewash it either just to appeal to the audience you still want it to be genuinely asian you know and i think that's one of the things that like maybe like maybe the the next step for for a lot of asian americans is is to find ways of telling our stories without compromising anything without compromising your culture Mm -hmm. well only time will tell and we can only do but support and help out as much as we can i feel like i like 100 percent appreciate this conversation (laughs) we're just like we're just like totally just like vibing now it's like yeah we're just vibing now I think that's that's the thing we, we always that Asians tend to do is that whenever we see someone like us in a certain area, we tend to just blindly support as much as we can, mm-hmm. like without doing any research to a fault, kind of. Because sometimes, like you, you'll just support someone because they're Asian, but right. time, that person could be. Too. I've learned I've learned to be more cynical. I was like, okay, he's a Filipino person, but let's figure out why I like him first. Like, <laughs> cause then it's like, it's it, it, cause it's going back to that thing. It's like, okay, well, this person has a, like, is, is doing, is making waves in the industry. Is this the person I want to represent the Filipinos right now? You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. you know, and that's, that's such an important thing to consider. It's like, you can't just be like, let's do this because he's Filipino. Well, it's like, you could get behind him and make him like the Filipino, whatever artist that you put out there. But it's like, what if he's problematic? You don't want pe- Filipinos to be seen as. There is a whole ass mariachi band outside my house right now. And I'm very confused. <laughs> Do you hear that? I was. I thought it was like something like random, like happening in the background. But okay. What's happening. like this was this was a great talk I'm, I'm i'm really appreciative that you were able to help me out with this yeah man it's good I to will... connect with you again really thank you thank you for uh thinking of me it's like like you kind of have my background now you know the artist that i'm inspired by so it's uh it's still weird and very humbling for me to be considered one of those artists so thank you for that <laughs> you're like you're like second wave more or less because jeremy's like first no definitely i that's exactly how i feel i, I i'm I, I, like i said earlier i'm like I'm come. I'm out of the wave that came from being inspired by being in high school when they were like the thing, you know. Yeah. And so I'm trying to. I'm trying to. I'm trying to be Jeremy, but with rainbow flavors. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Do you want to? Do you want to know the name of my podcast? I don't know if it's cheesy or not. I want to hear. So it's where where are the Asians at? <laughs> yes, <laughs> I love it. It makes sense because like we we definitely talked about that 
issue, like the whole idea of, of uh, representation. Like, now I kind of understand why where your questions came from. Because yeah. um, like, I feel like the kind of stuff that I was saying is the stuff that you ended up saying back to me. I was like, oh, cool. We're like on the same page. <laughs> yeah. It's because like, and this is, I, I have to say, this is, uh, uh, that's why I appreciated, sorry to interrupt you. Uh, that's why I appreciated like the conversation because this is stuff that's like been in the back of my head, but I haven't like vocalized it, which is why I was like flustered. But yeah. like once I got going, I kind of realized, okay, yeah, I, I feel this, I feel that, I see this, yeah. I see that, you know? Um, and I think it's something we all have going on in the back of it, especially if, you know, like me, if you're in, if you actually are like an Asian American um, artist right now, just trying to navigate that. It's like, that's another thing too. It's like you, as an Asian American artist, you, you don't only have the industry going against you, you have like the parents who want you to be a, a nurse or engineer rather yeah. than being a musician or an art or quote unquote artista. And so artista. you have that going against you. Plus, if you do, even if you do have the full support of your family, there's no guarantee you're going to actually go really far because the industry isn't ready for you yet, you know? Yeah. Um, so that's tough. <laughs> And then you, I'm excited to see what happens, man. I'd love to. I'm, I'd love to. I'm excited to see the final product, and uh, I can't wait to share it. Yeah, thank you. And yeah, man, thanks you. again for thinking of me. That was such a fun chat. I I, I appreciate it. My my brain is fed. <laughs> yeah, right. It's it's good to have interaction, especially when like you have someone that has the same struggle as you. Because mm -hmm. you you have you know you're not in yourself. You you know you're not alone in the struggle either. Oh yeah. Honestly, that's, that's, if I guess to leave you with the one last thing, it's like, that's why representation is so important because when you're able to see someone else in yourself or in see yourself in someone else and see that you're not alone in your struggles, like that's, that can be through hearing your a song that's about what you've been through, seeing a story of what you've been through, seeing an artist that looks like you, all of those things are so important. And that's what we, what what is so valuable as a human being is to be able to see someone that you idolize and like or just are inspired by that looks like you and how powerful that is and like that's why it's, it's important to figure out where the Asians are at because we're trying to give them more of that type of representation for other people where, where can we find your your music and your your stuff uh, okay so I have one single on Spotify if you search Brian Dublin B-R-I-A-N-D-U-V-L-A-N. I have the whitest name ever for a Filipino guy, but it's I'm Filipino, I promise. <laughs> um, it's Brian with an I, Dublin like the city. Um, just search that on Spotify. Uh, I have a single called Late Night Love. Um, my Instagram is also Brian Dublin. And then my Twitter is Brian Dubs, B-R-I-A-N-D-U-B-Z. Um, and then on YouTube, it's B-Dubs Music. It's B-D-U-B-Z Music. But if you just search my name, you should be able to find me that way too. Thank you to Brian Dublin again for being on this podcast. This is your host, RJ Vagas, and you can find Brian Dublin on Instagram, Twitter, and his song, Late Night Love, on YouTube and Spotify. Links will be in our link tree, forward slash RJ Vagas, and our Instagram, WTAsiansAT.podcast. Podcast by RJ Vagas, music by Joseph Siwa, and art by Isabel Enriquez.